it's horrible but true that smishing is SMS phishing and vishing is vocal phishing. It's horrible that we're in that that we're at this place in life, but it's what the industry's calling these things. And welcome to Checkmates Go, season two, episode twenty-four. While it has some interesting names, as Tim Otis from Checkpoint's Incident Response Team started off with, they're all forms of social engineering. They often appear as elements of other campaigns or attacks that occur against organizations. We drop into the conversation with Ray Shippers, also from the Checkpoint Incident Response Team, about some of the stuff he's seen or heard about in incident response with regards to social engineering. Through our various sharing communities, we also have heard quite regularly of instances where people receive files and then to lend credibility to the malicious documents and things like that, they follow it up with a phone call. So phishing by itself is is, is not always uh, the only vector. Sometimes though you, you start to, to combine malicious documents with malicious phone calls and things like that to kind of lead credence to the whole thing. So for example, you, you get an invoice and they'll say, hey, just send you this invoice. Can you have a quick look for me? Make sure it's all correct. It, it helps um, maybe build a story for, uh, for, for a more targeted attack because you're, uh, because you're able to get information that, so- that is uh, legitimate, uh, that somebody gives up, and then you, that information is, well, used against you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the other kind of new COVID-era uh, technique that we're seeing is fake LinkedIn profiles, and that, that we are starting to get a number of reports from. So I've had a couple of customers where the staff have said, hey, the CEO's messaging me via LinkedIn. Um, uh, not expected. Um, is, is that the real person? And yeah, fa- it turns out it was a, it was a fake person uh, contacting them via LinkedIn. So that seems to be definitely picking up. And we've even recently received some alerts from our intelligence partners that it is definitely increasing uh, the amount of fake LinkedIn profiles and communications via LinkedIn. Yeah, I think it's it's good for you to know if your your executives are on social media and what those profiles are so that you're not being fished, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know, I know. For example, that our CEO is not on social media at all. You know, and I know this, so that I'm not, I'm not, I'm not worried about. You know, if I, if I see something, I'm going to be naturally suspicious of it, and I would, I would go ask the relevant people if it's, you know, if, if it's really him or not, and it, it, it probably isn't. But that is something to be aware of. Is and, and you know, people get, and I see this just in general, right? People, people create fake profiles, especially on Twitter. I mean, it's it's rampant on Twitter. How can you, uh, you know, verify who you're talking to, and you know, are you giving, you know, because I mean, I've seen Bitcoin scams happen, even even with legitimate profiles getting hacked, right? I mean, that's a, that's been a, that's been a thing recently, hasn't it? Profiles getting hacked. What you what the what you're talking kind of about, like spinning up fake social media profiles, is wicked easy. You know, pretty pretty easy to make a ton of them and spread disinformation and stuff like that. Uh, and, and back to LinkedIn, right? There's a wealth of OS int that you can get. And people are sometimes really happy to accept new people on LinkedIn. And when they do, you know, there's a lot of information that a threat actor can get from your LinkedIn profile, right? Um, well, not, it depends on how you set things up, but a lot of information to be gathered there. Some people have, have even been targeted through their LinkedIn profile because of where they work. 
I wouldn't be surprised by that because you can see, right? When you look at somebody's profile, you can see who they're connected to and um, and how many people at a different company. I mean, even just the insights I get from LinkedIn as a as a paid member, I can see. You know, again, you can just kind of see the friends of friends of friends, and it's and yeah, if you're if you're trying to do uh, intel on an organization, right? That information's out there, and that's actually something I think it's people don't really realize is that yeah, that all of that social media information for, in the wrong hands can be used for well bad things. Yeah, to that end, right? We we have seen attacks where with a with a customer where the, the a kind of orchestrated attack where a, a, a malicious one-off domain was stood up, uh, fraudulent invoices were sent. They were spoofing people that financial people at the target company were associated with on LinkedIn that were also financial people. So they were they were assuming like this person is in finance at the target. They know this other person at another company that's in finance. Let's spoof them. And maybe there was a business relationship between the two of them. And uh, they tried to exploit that things that way. So very dangerous. What we have seen like that as well as attacks based on media releases. So uh, especially like when government announced big procurements. We have seen then impersonation emails, and here in Australia, it's been successful with a couple of, uh, especially local governments, numerous times, where they put out a big announcement saying, "Hey, we're building this massive new road. The contractor is X, Y, and Z," uh, and then uh, yeah, people impersonate that successful contracting company, and then uh, one council actually fell victim to it th- like two or three times, and uh, they lost uh, nearly a million dollars each time uh, because. Uh, media release and then somebody thought hey let's uh let's pretend to be the contracting company and see if they'll pay us there's that inf- that kind of information's out there then of course you know governments themselves could potentially be attacked and and or or have money scammed out of them I, there's been uh, some discussions of that in the u.s and certain governments because uh for unemployment because of course a lot of people have been well impacted by that as a result of uh, a re- result of COVID 19 and the and the related uh, actions that were taken so yeah we all got to watch out for that stuff and and that, i you know something i ch- I, had to, I went to go check just to see if my social security number had been uh leveraged for um, unemployment benefits because that was that scam was going on too right and you know and again with any of these data breaches I mean that's something that's happened and yeah I, I went and you know I, I went and just uh, you know created an account on the you know on the on the system or whatever and they sure enough somebody had used my social security number it wasn't me because I haven't you know I haven't been unemployed and like ever it makes for some interesting times people are i think are a little bit more desperate under the circumstances and so you know and, and certainly we know that there's been a lot of uh there's been an uptick in crime just in general as a result of all of the everything that's been going on you know absolutely um and we actually work with a number of our customers on like digital me- uh, and social media monitoring so making sure if they have actual accounts to look for fake accounts to look for scams because there's quite a few kind of very high profile customers that we work with that uh their name and brand is used for, for scams as well. So uh, we see all the time saying, hey, you know, we, we're donating back to the community. Send us five Bitcoin. We'll, we'll give you 10 back type of thing. Sometimes taking those those fake profiles down as well can be a little bit of a challenge. Uh, so if, if a VIP at one of our customers is being impersonated on, on like uh, Facebook or Twitter or something like that, you know, coming with evidence of them infringing on a, co- a copyright or a, something legal is is the fastest way. It's kind of like uh, getting Al Capone for tax evasion instead of 
like what what was really going on but if you can prove copyright infringement the lawyers instantly say like boom that's that's illegal take that offline but if it's more ambiguous and kind of impersonating somebody without like impersonating the corporate profile and the corporate logos and all that stuff it can be uh, it can be a little bit more challenging to prove that it's not you know because especially in the US and and you know the first amendment protects people's right to say like tim sucks if they wanted to make a, a website that says timsucks.com or whatever people have a right to voice that and so the first amendment protects some of the things that we try to take down when we when we know it's bad it's 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 sometimes challenging expressing an opinion is one thing uh although ex- expressing facts that are not facts that's a whole different thing and that gets you into libel and slander depending upon whether it's verbally or you know or, or written or both right so have we i assume we've been involved in some of our you know maybe helping uh, some of our customers with uh uh maybe uh i don't know cleaning up some of that stuff that happens on on social media uh, just because you know it is part of uh i don't know cleaning up an incident i guess right we do takedowns on on we we worked for takedowns on all kinds of profiles and posts and and and, and that kind of thing yeah. Any any cool stories? I mean, obviously we have to be anonymous, but is there any any cool stories along the along those lines that we, you know, any anything we can uh, anything we can share? Not no, no, none of it's really terribly interesting. I'd say like it's just a lot of um, same same like a lot of just scams. Like, hey, this is how you get rich quick, and and it's what we see day in day out. Um, but yeah, what what is just interesting is you know working with the different um, social media platforms, building up those relationships so we can be effective in taking them down. Uh, and now the social media platforms are reasonably responsive. Uh, interestingly enough, it's actual websites, you know, domains that prove to us to be the most problematic uh, to take down. Uh, you know, that that's still a challenge even even after all this time. That um, t- trying to work with domain registrars or or even you know the cloud flares and those kinds of guys in the world you know and as tim said i understand you know protecting free speech and all that but there's a lot of sites that we deal with where it's obviously bad like uh, we dealt with a major retailer here in australia and somebody literally stood up a copy of their website and pretended to be a fake e-shop for this major uh you know physical retailer here in australia and the website and domain registrar would just not take it down because they're like nah meh we're good uh, and and so uh, the social media platforms are much more receptive than most domain registrars today, especially registrars in Russia. It's really hard. We've we've, we've really struggle sometimes with w- people people that honor United States, and I'm not sure how many you've done, Ray, in Australia, but people who honor like u.s cease and desist basically from a a a a, a lawyer inside the u.s people that honor that it's pretty like if if we ask for a takedown they don't do it we have proof they don't do it we get the lawyers to do a cease and desist if it's a u.s registrar and a u.s lawyer they usually that's usually the end um but if it's overseas in some countries really like nah so and it's and yeah you can read you know registrars can do, register real, really any any domain not just a specific dot you know dot whatevers right so it's I think that's a uh, so yeah and and that's and yeah anytime you cross jurisdictions it gets a lot more challenging as far as um, 
um, working with those things. And so I, I, yeah, I assume, uh, yeah, certain countries are easier to uh, work with than others if you're a criminal. Yes. But yeah, you're also right. The TLD, right? The, the, you don't have to be in RU to register an RU TLD. Not, not only that, you don't have to be, uh, again, it depends on the registrar, because registrars usually can handle multiple top-level domains, right? It's, it's just a question of, uh, um, you know, what they're going to support. So it's, uh, it, it is, uh, um, you know, I might, have a hard, I might have a hard time getting a, uh, a domain in, you know, in some countries, but, you know, it's, easy, it's also easy enough to find somebody that's willing to register one on your behalf, right? There's, there's, I mean, there's all kinds of ways to get around these, the different rules and regulations about registering domains and so it's a you know part of part of the forensic work is uh, trying to figure out you know trying to undo the paper trail and figure out exactly where you know where somebody is and you know and and and, and how can you cut it off at the knees rather than you know just deal with the symptoms because that's the yeah and that's the trick and of course anybody as you as you you know you guys probably know from dealing with the uh, just malware in general it's really easy to register a domain it's it's a, you know it's dirt simple right and anybody can register a do- you know a random domain for any reason and so it's uh you know if you now if you want to get one that uh with a certain spelling or whatever then yeah you gotta um you gotta worry about that but um so I don't know what what kind of advice can we give to people on this um, as far as um, okay so what can a company do to maybe uh, protect themselves from we we started out talking about vishing but but we kind of uh, you know we kind of also veered off into social media reputation stuff uh, what uh, what advice can we give to companies or even people really to say well what what do we uh, what's the uh, how can we protect ourselves I think to rewind to the first thing vishing and just um basically voice social engineering over over phone calls like an enterprise is educating everyone who who has access to a handset a telephone right like people that work the front desk need to know that they shouldn't necessarily need to worry about people calling in and saying what's tim's social security number or you know what's ray's home address that kind of thing we don't like just education about we don't need to give those things out some of that's common sense some of it can be ambiguous about what what the details are and and you know maybe it's not a bad idea to tell them tim's favorite color is blue and and that could but that could lead to other things you know so uh and 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 not only the front desk people, but when you have people that work in support, you have people like on our team that answer the hotline, like a hotline for emergencies. Uh, we, we've, you know, we've got people that are kind of, you know, off, off that call us sometimes with, with, with very colorful and crazy stories about things that aren't really real. We've got that, that call our hotline. We've also though got people that um, do try to, we, we're always on guard for people who try to pretend they have an emergency, pretend it's a real problem, but are really trying to gather information. And we've had people that call and ask for teammates information or other information about other checkpoint employees. And just the just telling people to say, yo, people are going to be calling. Uh, you don't need to give, if, if they need help with a computer problem or a cybersecurity incident, that's what we're here for. You don't, we don't need to give them any information about anyone else or, or, or who works here or what. And just basically having that in policy and educating all the staff, whether it's support or teams like ours or front desk people or, or 
uh, IT support, tech support. If you know, I, I could I can call a help desk pretending I'm an employee and and and, and all those things. I don't know. I think for I think for social media, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, it's it may not be a bad idea if you don't have a social media profile on a major platform that you might create one just so for for nothing else, just so nobody else tries to to camp and create one uh, before you. Uh, but uh, or or at least have it well known that you don't have one, and so if somebody does uh, you know, create one, that it's probably fake. But it's a I think you know that's always. Thing I've always done, right? It's like if I, if a new platform comes out, I'll go create one, mainly just so I can get the name Phone Boy, not because I, you know, not because I think somebody's going to impersonate me. But it's a, um, but yeah, it, it's if you don't control your, uh, if, you know, if you don't have a social media presence in general, then uh, maybe you don't create one. But if you do have somewhat of a social media presence, then that might be something to do. I don't know if that's really, uh, I don't know if that's best practice or not, but um, it's a lot harder to impersonate uh, somebody that uh, already exists. Uh, on a on a platform, although it does happen, obviously, it's like the 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 Unix touch command. Like if you touch a file, people can't write that file. Anyone else can't write that file, or another script can't. Yeah, yeah so, so it's absolutely like defensive registration. It's the same with domains. Uh, we work with a lot of companies who defensively buy domains that that looks similar to theirs, but also on the likes of Twitter, get it verified so that you have something you can point your customers to. Say, hey, only use a verified account. But also have your trademark registration details actually handy. Uh, so many of these customers that we're working with to do these takedowns, what we need is the trademark registration information. We need the copyright registration information to provide to these social media platforms. Uh, and it's actually amazing how many companies don't know where they have that. They know someone's probably registered a trademark or domain somewhere uh, at some point but they don't have the actual copyright or trademark registration information handy. Uh, and when it's time critical, that, that's what you really need to, to show that they are violating your trademarks or copyrights, and that's what you need to be able to provide quickly. Thanks for listening to Checkmates Go. Subscribe in your favorite podcast app, give us a rating and review, and share with your colleagues on social media. Thanks for listening.